Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Limitless Estates, where Kyle and Lolita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family by using real estate as your vehicle. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. On the show with us today, we have Mauricio Ramos. Mauricio, thanks so much for being here. How's it going? Hey, hey, uh, doing good. How about you? We are doing great. Well, thanks for hopping on and let's get started. Mauricio is a full-time real estate investor, both actively and passively. He has 10 years of experience as a construction project manager for large general contractors in Texas. Mauricio has invested in 234 units in Texas and controls over 1.7 million in multifamily assets. He has a strong team behind him and a student of Brad Sumrocks. Well, I know you have a pretty diverse background and experience within the real estate industry, so it'll be great for our listeners to hear what you've done, how, and why. So with that being said, could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Of course, of course. Uh, and again, Kyle and Lolita, thanks for having me. Uh, it's an honor. So, um, I'm from Mérida, Yucatán, in Mexico. I grew up in Matamoros, Tamaulipas, which is also in Mexico. I lived there uh, until I graduated from high school and came to Texas for college. Uh, graduated as a civil engineer from a, a Texas A&M University uh, and worked in the construction industry for 10 years as a construction manager, building uh, commercial, large commercial projects like hospitals and high schools. Uh, now I am currently 34 years old, live here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, since 2014. Um, I'm married to my wife, Dominga, since 2018. She's a mariachi director here in San Antonio, ISD. And my wife and I own and manage the Medici Group, multifamily real estate investing firm. And actually, uh, between the, the last time we spoke and now, uh, we closed on another 268 units. So... Uh, now that number is up to 492. Um, Fantastic. So, thank you. Um, so uh, I started in uh, real estate. The, my very first deal was a small mobile home, and I just I bought it cash, uh, fixed it up, and owner financed it. And that's that was kind of my very first venture into real estate. Um, then... And then I, into multifamily, I bought a 10-unit apartment complex and uh, went a full cycle on it in 18 months and pretty much did uh, like 159% ROI on it and did a couple of wholesales throughout kind of in between those two, those two deals. And um, there was one, one, actually two large fee deals that allowed me to go to put some money into a passive investing. So I've been able to passively invest into some large multifamily projects uh, that, you know, have allowed me to uh, sit back a little bit and enjoy that um, amazing cash flow and tax advantages. Right. Well, congrats on your 268 unit. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, so 
talk about your first multifamily that you got into as a passive investment and how did you go about finding that opportunity? So that I found through, like you mentioned, I'm part of the Brad Summerock group. I joined in 2018 and uh, it was a deal that was brought to me by one of the uh, lead sponsors in the team. Um, it's, uh, it's, I, you know, we became friends, um, Alain Villegas and I, we became friends and over time they, you know, they kept uh, sending a few deals and finally there was a deal that I was able to put in some money into it. This is in Fort Worth. It's 152 units. Um, very, very good, you know, class B area. The building was a little bit of class C, so there was good value add to it. Um, so what I learned from the program was to uh, analyze not only the sponsor, but also analyze the deal. So I was able to vet both of those things. And I was very confident with investing with, with the sponsor and also investing in that deal. Uh, being able to analyze the area and the deal itself with the information that was given to me. What was it specifically about the deal that you liked? Uh, the location, you know, Fort Worth is a very solid area. Um, so in the fact that, you know, the sponsor is very familiar with the area. They've been living in that area for, for several years now. And, you know, the, the deal is backed by the group. It's not just this random sponsor uh, that is, that is, you know, pretending that they are familiar with the area, but also that, that you know, the entire group is located to the, in this area. So if the entire team is, is sold on this being a good deal, I mean, it must, must be a pretty good deal. Got it. And so did you join Brad Sumrock prior to getting into your first deal? It sounds like you did, right? I did, yes. Okay. So can you tell us how this program has made you a better passive investor? And then also let's talk about how it's made you also a better active investor. For sure. So these, um, the, in, during the team, you know, there's, there's several uh, videos um, that you can learn from that go from the very, very basic, you know, if you didn't know anything about real estate and, and, and underwriting, like I said, deals in the sponsor and the market, it explains everything. So some things I knew already, but some things definitely uh, learned as, as I went through the program. And also networking, um, the fact that you know, you're able to network, talk to other investors, talk to other sponsors. You see a lot of deal flow coming through, you know, through your email, through your social media. Uh, you go to the to the conferences and you get to to talk to a lot of people. And not only these these this group, I know of other groups that are are very good as well. Um, so that has helped me, you know, as a passive to build some confidence when investing into a deal, what to look for, uh, to have in a passive. I'm sorry, in a syndication team. And also, what to look, what to look for, to not have, right? Um, what are things that could go potentially wrong, and you can you can go, you can be caught in the middle of that because of because of some because of something went wrong with the syndication team, and also as an active investor, um, when you you learn from these guys from the syndication team how they're doing the entire process. You see the process from all the way from acquisition, how they send the subscription documents, how they send the updates, 
um, how they upgrade these units, where is where they are finding the best, um, the best value add opportunities, what is working, what is not working with the market. So that allows you to, when, when I turn around and uh, become an active uh, or a syndicator on, a, on an acquisition, then I, I have a good idea of what to do, what not to do, because it has been tested by, mm-hmm. by, this, by these guys. So for anyone that maybe isn't going to get into the active side of investing, want to be strictly a passive investor, do you still suggest that they join some type of mentorship group like this? This These groups are pretty expensive, right? I mean, I, I know his range anywhere from, I think, six or 7,000 all the way to 30,000, depending on what uh, what part you want to be on. But that's a lot of money to invest in. What's your mindset when it comes to investing in mentorship if you just want to be from a passive investor side? Um, like you said, there's different levels, um, and, and you know it can be it can be pretty pricey depending on what you want to do and depending where you are financially. Um, I think it is it, it is definitely worth it. Um, depending each, I found that some syndicators have you know different. You have to make sure that your principles align with this with the um, you know the owner of the group. In this case, Brad, or you know, there's the other guys. So each of them have kind of maybe different core values. So you just have to make sure that yours align with their, theirs. Um, but it is it is definitely very um, valuable. It's definitely worth it. Um, you don't have to. You don't necessarily have to as a passive investor. But you definitely want to educate yourself at least. If, if for some reason you don't have enough uh, capital at the moment to join a group like this, definitely educate yourself, buy some books. There are plenty of conferences and meetups where you can go and, you know, it's may, maybe just like a weekend fee for like a hundred to hundred dollars and just travel to a major city. That is definitely worth it. If, if you cannot join to that group. Um, also joining these groups, you're only going to get out of, out of it, out of the, the group, uh, how much you put into it. So if you just, if you just going to throw $5,000 to some group and then sit back and don't do anything, you're not going to get anything out of it. You have to put in the time, the effort, um, the time to underwrite all the deals that come to you. You're going to get a lot of information throw at, at you, um, but you need to put in the time to, you know, dissect it basically so you can take the juice out of it. So if you don't, then, then there's no point. Um, so again, back to where if you, if you don't, if you decide not to join a group like this, then books, conferences, uh, meetups, uh, real estate investing association, RIAs, all, all major cities have one or two of those. Um, definitely, those are definitely some very uh, affordable ways that somebody can learn uh, by not joining a group like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with you in the fact that regardless of whether you can afford or want to join one of these mentorship programs, you need to educate yourself. And there's so many free ways to do that. But you're investing a lot of your hard-earned money, you know, that you've worked for for years. And to not educate yourself before going into one of these investments is a mistake, uh, even if you trust the sponsor, right? Uh, you definitely have to understand what you're looking at if your goals align, like you mentioned. So that's all great advice. So uh, switching gears here a little bit, let's talk about the deal that, the deals that you mentioned that you wholesaled uh, for pretty large five and six figure um, um, 
closing. So that's fantastic. And that's not easy to do in multifamily. So first, can you explain to the listeners what wholesaling is? And then maybe tell us how you're able to find those five and six figure deals. For sure. So wholesaling is um, basically the assignment of your right as a buyer. So you find a property, um, you get under contract, and then you can assign the right, you're right, you're the buyer on paper, right? So you can basically sell that right to somebody by scratching your name on the buyer's line and then putting their their names, right? So uh, you can do either when th- that said, you can do either an assignment or a whole or a double close. Um, you might want to do a double close if there's going to be a large fee involved. Uh, so, for example, you know you buy a, you're going to buy a, a property for a hundred thousand, and you're just going to assign it for five thousand. Um, so you just do an assignment fee. But if you have a property on under contract for a hundred thousand, and you're going to to you find a buyer that wants to get it for 150, that's $50,000. So somebody might not be very happy with you making $50,000, either the buyer or the seller. So in that case, you probably want to double close where there's going to be two sets of transaction closing on the same day. Uh, one of them is where you are the buyer. The other one is where you are the seller. So you're going to pay two sets of double closing of closing costs but it's definitely worth it if you're going to make 50 you might end up doing 45 but still uh it's it's a very it's a very profitable way of um you know uh, working with multifamily got it and so i'm assuming you did double closes on on the two deals we're talking about here so can you maybe talk about the challenges of wholesaling a multifamily versus a single family home i think there's more people out there that definitely wholesale single family homes. There are smaller fees, there are one-off types of transactions, but larger multifamilies, you don't often see a lot of wholesaling going on. For sure. And I'll get to that in just a second. Wanted to answer your question about how I found these. So these uh, I found through uh, direct mail. So I send postcards and just saying, Hey, I'm an investor here in San Antonio and I send them throughout Texas. Say, hey, I'm an investor here in San Antonio. Um, we're looking to buy a property in, in this area. We found your property. Um, they add this location. If you're interested in selling, give us a call. They give me a call. I analyze the deal, give them an offer. They accept it. And then I go do my inspection. This is where the, the answer to your second question is, what's, what are the challenges? So um, the time, I would say, is the, the, the biggest challenge. Uh, especially versus single family, you know, the typical single family uh, wholesaler will just find a property and then have, you know, a few days, find a buyer, assign a deal, and then just basically forget about deal until closing versus in multifamily, you're involved from the day you get the phone call from the postcard all the way to your your double close. So you need to... all that time will probably take three months, maybe four. So you you get the property under contract, then you go and take pictures, uh, do your inspection, then do a marketing package that put it out on the market to your to your buyers and social media and everything. Find a buyer, and then and then kind of the process starts over. Then the buyer will will 
come in, analyze the deal, come look at the property, uh, do their inspection. And this is where the, like the full blown inspection comes in. Uh, and you have to coordinate that between the seller and the end buyer where you're going to bring a plumber, a roofer, an electrician. You're going to look at all the units probably two or three times. And then there's going to be the insurance inspector, then the appraiser. So there's a lot of inspections coming in and a lot of paperwork. And then you have, you have to have a very good relationship with your title company uh, because they're going to be, you know, uh, going through two sets of, of um, closing documents. You have the, they call it, you know, the AB transaction where you are the buyer and then the BC transaction where you are the seller. So, you know, there's going to be emails uh, uh, blowing up in your inbox. So it's just the time uh, that would be the, the biggest challenge. And then I get double closing. If it's a small fee, then you, you can might as well just assign the contract. And then if, if, if it's a, a buyer that maybe you trust and uh, you know already and they know how much you're going to do, then you can probably just assign it and, and be done with it. But most of the times, especially if you're going to be do a figure, uh, a five or six figure fee, then you, you'll want to double close. What was your conversion rate on those mailings? Uh, from calling or actually closing? Well, maybe you can talk about both, you know, are you sending out uh, 500 letters and then you get, you know, response on 10 and then maybe you close one. What, what are your overall conversions that you saw? So typically we send between three or 400 postcards a week and we get maybe six to eight calls, you know, out of those, maybe four get, get offers, actual LOIs and maybe follow up on two and then end up closing. I mean, maybe not even in one, you know, one of all the ones that we get in a month and that goes into a contract and then not every contract, you know, closes. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it looks like a quarter percent to a half a percent, but it's a numbers game, right? The more you send out, the more leads you're going to get. So, okay. And are you still doing that? Yes, I am. Uh, on and off. Sometimes I, I get back on it super strong. I think we're, we're working on it pretty good now uh, for a while, um, for probably four, six months when we were working on an acquisition of, of some deals that we have right now in our portfolio. I kind of uh, lost uh, a little bit of attention on that item, but I went, I, it's, it's back on track, definitely. Got it. And so, you know, 400 a week is quite a lot. Where are you getting your lists? I mean, 1600 a month, that's a lot of multifamily in the general area. Where do you get your lists? So we, we get, we get lists from list source. There's also prospect. Now Uh, we have a partner that uh, helps us get information from uh, CoStar. So those, those are some of the items. We also have somebody that, uh, um, I uh, forgot the word now. Um, skip traces the uh, some of the some specific locations that we're more interested. In. So we actually skip trace and then cold call the sellers. Um, so those are those are some of the the ways that that we do it. Okay, so you're making five and six figure um, uh, incomes on some of these deals. Why switch over to multifamily um, active investing and passive investing when you're making such a good profit on these uh, wholesale deals? So the main the main answer is tax shelter. So so you have all this income coming in as ordinary income, taxable thirty seven percent. So you want to shelter that. So um, also, I mean, what what's what's 
the benefit of having you know two hundred thousand dollars in the bank right there's no benefit you have to put it to work for you kind of richest man in babylon right put it put the money to work for you so so that's that's one way and again i understand it i like it uh, i enjoy it so instead of my money being in the bank um, i put it to work with other syndicators that i trust and also on my own deals that i have syndicated uh, and then that money gets shelter sheltered um, from the irs and then i can i can enjoy all those benefits and use use the money right it's 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 not about how, how much you make, it's about how much you keep, right? So trying to keep as much as possible. Awesome, good advice there. All right, Lolita's gonna take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Yes. As an apartment investor, you need a website to look professional. Typically, the process of building a professional website can be a real pain, taking thousands of dollars and months of your time. Apartment Investor Pro makes it quick and painless. In fact, you can have your website up and running as soon as today. Go to apartmentinvestorpro.com and use coupon code LIMITLESS to save 10% on your website. All right, here we go. What is the one tool that you use in real estate investing that you cannot do without? I'd say my engineering and, uh, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm cheating, it's two, two, uh, two tools. Uh, my engineering and math skills and my construction knowledge. What I learned in construction is definitely very, very useful uh, from managing contractors just from uh, to knowing how things are done uh, from day-to-day operations in construction. Yeah, I can imagine that's a huge benefit. Can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing and the main takeaway for our listeners? So I'd say the shiny penny syndrome um, through doing what I, what, what, I, what I do in real estate, I found the Airbnb business, mm-hmm. uh, which it's, it's not bad. But I got into it. I'm, I'm, I still have a couple, couple of Airbnbs. But I definitely, it's definitely um, not super profitable when you when you measure it by the hour. You have to put in a lot of hours into it, from setting it up to managing the Airbnb. Uh, so by the time you you analyze how much money you're making divided by the hours that you put in, it's very it's very very minimal compared to the tasks and, and the real estate investing side. So I got into it, definitely, uh, definitely a mistake. All right. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? Um, systems, improve my systems. So I, I, I use, you know, Podio, I use CallRail, I use uh, MailChimp. Uh, those are some of, the, some of the items that are helping me now. Uh, but still, there's definitely a lot to do. Uh, now we are um, we acquired or basically we got rid of the property manager that we had in our in our syndicated units, the ones that we own, and we are managing that. So we're vertically mm-hmm. integrated. So now we're having to, you know, learn about these property management softwares and just learning and in, in implementing all those systems. Uh, that is what will take us to the next level. Fantastic. And lastly, where can people find out more about you? On, I'm on Instagram as maurms, M-A-U-R-M-S. Uh, my email is mauricio, M-A-U-R-I-C-I-O, at themedicigroup.com, which is D-E-M-E-D-I-C-I group.com. De Medici is the Italian last name. And uh, my webpage, which is themedicigroup.com. 
Perfect. Well, thank you for taking us through your journey as both an active and passive investor. We appreciate your time and for being on our show. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Thanks, Mauricio. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the passive income through multifamily real estate podcast and to get access to today's show notes and to previous shows, visit limitless-estates.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.